the Taitri Upanishad, what does it say? Anupravishat has entered as though the whole creation without undergoing any change at all. So, Vidyutyaya and, uh, and then what? Medhyaya, Vidyutyaya, Idriya. Idriya is clouds, you know. Idriya is in some kind of, you know, uh, you know, clouds and then uh, uh, see, so the clouds like it also includes fog and uh, you know when you have a cloudy day sometimes you don't know if it is fog or if it is clouds and then sometimes the sun comes and evaporates it so this you know so sometimes you know in the in, in winter one has there is there are a lot of cloudy days especially in the northern areas and it is very difficult to wake up. It is very difficult to be motivated to do things because we see the sun as the life giver. And it is very easy to see Bhagavan in the sun because, you know, for obvious reasons, because the sun wakes up the whole universe. Along with the sun, you also wake up. And you, it's very easy to see Bhagavan as the sun. But it's very important to see Bhagavan as that which covers the sun also in the sense, you know. And so when it's a cloudy day, it's not that Bhagavan has gone into hiding and there is no more Bhagavan. That cloud itself is Bhagavan, including the cloud that comes, you know, and where does the cloud come? The cloud comes on, you know, in, in your own vision, you know, because you start saying, oh, it's a cloudy day, you know. And this is what led Hasta Malaka to say, uh, you know, to say what? Ghanachanna drishtim. Ghanachanna drishtihi. Ghanachanna markam manyate atimudhaha. Atimudhaha means, you know, an extremely deluded person. As opposed to mildly deluded person. <laughs> so simple mudha, not, here it is. Ati Mudha. Ati Mudha means terribly deluded fellow. And what does this terribly deluded fellow do? You know, looks at the sky and says, Ghanachannam Arkam Manyate. Manyate considers the, the Arka, the sun, to be all covered up. You know, can the sun never be covered up? Say no, so we can move on quickly. Yeah. Sun cannot be covered up. And so what is covered up? What is covered up is the fellow's own drishti. Correct? Yeah, so the vision is covered up by ati maudhya, by extreme ignorance. So the cataract is in the vision which makes the person conclude. He or she concludes. What do they conclude? There is no sun today. Correct? Because of the sun you see the clouds as though covering the sun. And then here you say there is no sun today. And so here, so it's very easy to miss Bhagavan in the form of clouds and, uh, and, uh, and what does that do? You know, there is all this, what is that? Syndrome, what is that called? Sad, seasonal affective disorder. This is there, you know, in uh, countries where which don't see the sun for a long time. And now that also is Bhagavan. And we have to accept that that is there. And then, and then they, they tell you to sit under one light in full spectrum light and the fact that you can sit, sit under full spectrum light and overcome this sad you know what is that seasonal affective disorder that is also a possibility and so then that is also Bhagavan and so then this is very unique ways of looking at Bhagavan nothing is left out and then if the clouds are Bhagavan that which obtains in the sun and the sunlight, the heat of the sun is also what? Bhagavan. Every question is answered by the word Bhagavan. Yeah. And so even after telling the answer sometimes, the answer doesn't come. But anyhow. So then uh, that is also Bhagavan. Yeah. He, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. So, that's why I don't take it too seriously. <laughs> so, so, 
So the heat of the sun is Bhagavan and the, and the sun itself is Bhagavan. And this is going to be developed a little more in the next Anuvaka, you see very beautifully. And uh, But for now, you know, there is a mantra in the Taitriya Upanishad and also I think it's there in a different form in the Isha Vasya Upanishad. In the Taitriya Upanishad, you know, there is this, uh, the, the person looking at the sun says two things. Yosa Vasav Purushas and the Purusha is the sun here. Purusha means Bhagavan, this person, Sarvan Purayati, the sun that uh, fills up everything, you know, that sun that nurtures everything. Yo Asav Purusha, here is this Purusha, and then who is this Purusha? This Purusha is none other than Saha Ahamasmi, looking at the sun, giving what is that called? Argya in the morning, a person says that. That what is in the sun is in me as well. It's the same. It's that same Lord in the sun, which is, you know, within me. And this this sun alone, you know, I am. And then there is one more, uh, this thing. Yaschayam purushe yaschasavaditye saya ekaha saya evamvitu. So what is there to know? See, see, this Bhagavan is a very big word, correct? Where are we going to see Bhagavan? What Bhagavan? Where? But sun we can relate to because it's objectified. But here you you look at the sun and then you transcend the sun. How do you transcend the sun by seeing? You know that which is in the sun is in me, and the sun and the I we have one thing in common. What is that? Both are Bhagavan, you know. Then it becomes a little easier to assimilate. So there is a kind of a local Mahavakya, you know, where you equate yourself with whatever is in the sun, whatever is in the rain, whatever in, is in the clouds, and because that is something that is relatable, because it is objectified, but then you transcend the name and form and you say whatever that which makes the sun sun and that which makes this jiva complain is one and the same thing. It is Bhagavan alone. Very beautiful. So then and then Vatya. Vata means the air. So all the forms of Vata, you know, from tornadoes to what is that? Dorian that that attacked uh, recently, and then all the hurricane. When I told you there is no such thing called hurricane, what is it? Hari came. That's all. Hari came. And <laughs> this, is, this is what it is. And then, you know, so this is Vatya. And then the, uh, the connection to this is this. Vatya means this wind in so many forms. Vayu. And that's why we have to be very respectful of Vayu. And in the Shanti Mantra itself, it says what? Namaste Vayu. Ah, very good. And then, Vameva Pratyaksham Brahmasi. Vameva Pratyaksham Brahmasi. You are the, you know, incarnation of Brahman, of Bhagavan that I can see and relate to. And so we have to deal with Vayu very respectfully. Because sometimes Vayu and Agni get along together like a house on fire, pun intended. You know, they each one helps the other. And then, uh, you know, it will eat up a whole forest with the help of uh, Vayu, this Agni. And so like this, so we have to be very respectful. And then, you know, this Vatya, that which obtains in the wind, the force, the pressure, the rain, the fire, whatever, you know, we are talking about, that leads to the uh, understanding of Bhagavan as Reshmiyaha. So Reshma, you know, uh, you know, is actually a Sanskrit word which means the withdrawer. Samharakatta, the one who takes back. And so, Reshmiyaha means that, that which, you know, the, the, that quality which is the, which is born of the withdrawer. So, what is born of the withdrawer? The capacity to withdraw. So, so therefore, it ends on a very, you know, sober note that after all these forms and names, as this battlefield and this battle, and then after the battle, it uh, shifted little bit 
to looking at the natural forces sun rain heat or and uh, wind five elements as bhagavan and the one who manifested the five elements and made, made them do all the things bhagavan the one that we drew is also what bhagavan appa very nice and so that is what the, the whole thing is and we were able to that we were able to you know and one more thing is there vastavya yacha this is a very nice conclusion vastavya yacha vastupaya yacha actually it should be one word vastupaya it's wrong here so you can put a little dash between vastu and paya there is no such word as paya it's vastupaya vastupaha is the word asmai vastupaya namaha so the so namo vatya vastavya yacha Vastavya is a don't look at the translation, you know, it's not correct. <laughs> Vastu means what? Stop huh? looking at it. Yeah, yeah, we can stop looking at it, correct, good idea. So, Vastu means what? Thing, correct? And Vastu comes from the word Vast, to dwell, correct? And so, the, the, the word Thing comes from the... word to dwell and so what is the connection between dwelling and a thing a thing is a thing because bhagavan dwells in it ah, that is what it is so the word vasudeva is the one who dwells in every heart of all the jeevas and so vastu means a thing is a thing because bhagavan is in it so to speak the presence of bhagavan makes the thing a thing in the form of sachidananda here ಸಚಿದಾನಂದಿಂಗ್ because of which a thing is a thing without which everything is nothing you know what did you understand everything yeah <laughs> <laughs> so so that which makes a thing is bhagavan the presence of bhagavan but here we are not taking the bhagavan as you know the one some ishta devata you know now navratri is coming durga with 20 hands or lakshmi saraswati parvati or whatever you know dakshina murti we are taking bhagavan as that which is essential nature of bhagavan you know existence and then this uninhibited knowledge undifferentiated knowledge knowledge as neither knower nor known nor you know all knowledge non means of knowledge all knowledge bhagavan and then and uh, then that which is limitless is bhagavan as though occupying a limited form as though because this limitless is not you know it's like space so space is of course limitless and then you say you are building a house and then what do you do first you first there are four sticks you know small house and so this is foundation then four sticks and then first there is one room big room and it's not really a room it's just uh, the the Uh, outer uh, you know boundary of the house then you say okay the, according to the blueprint living room is here bedrooms are over there and then this is over here bathroom is here kitchen is here you have mapped it all out and then the walls start coming up and then there is you know something called kitchen space where you cook and which is considered very holy and then there is another the same space is now cut up and made into with a door and it's called bathroom space very unholy you see <laughs> yeah suddenly there is sacred space puja room sacred space or at least if people don't have the wherewithal to have a room for puja puja corner puja shelf sacred space bathroom shelf you know unholy place uh, you know unhygienic and unholy space is the space unholy not at all 
space is space here it is our you know based on the function and based on what it is used for we have certain ideas and then that is all you know projected on to space correct and so this is this is exactly how bhagavan is so in every form you know desirable and undesirable that which makes a thing a thing is called you know vastavya vastavya and then because that is you know that is what is vastava vastava means real so the presence of bhagavan makes something even empirically real we are not even talking paramarthataya you know paramarthikataya we are not talking we are talking even on the level of vyavahara transactional empirically real you know so this real has to be empirically we are talking of empirically real because it is available for transaction you can objectify it you can talk to it you can you know you can have a you know vyavahara with it you can have some kind of an interaction with it so this is what is called real and then uh, on the level of the everyday um, transactional reality and that why is something empirically available for conducting business is because that which is you know uh, without name and form that which we say paramartha paramartha which is the uh, bhagavan in the form of sachidananda is gracing this you know is gracing the empirical world the empirical world is not without bhagavan in fact the presence of bhagavan makes this transaction possible and then therefore even though everything is finite all the things are finite we have the presence of the infinite the presence of the infinite is making you know is enabling these transactions to happen and then when the name and form you know they gets destroyed the infinite which is sachidananda does not get destroyed it merely goes and graces another form another name you know starting with small small things right up to all the jeevas so the, even the jeevas are graced by the presence of bhagavan and then that jeeva's body goes and the mind goes you know and and then what and then it becomes another jeeva and that too is graced by the same bhagavan so vastupah means you know the one pati uh, iti pah you know it is small, short form so pati means what the one who protects so the one who protects that name and form while residing in it is called vastupah so not only does it grace all names and forms this nameless formless thing that we call bhagavan god ishvara but while gracing that form and name protects that name and form from you know getting destroyed or whatever it is and then and if it is supposed to be destroyed then that is part of its trajectory karmic trajectory so vastupah means all names and forms are bhagavan so it's a very fitting uh, conclusion you know for this uh, very very fitting conclusion and then uh, so that on that note which anuvaka is this seven anuvaka number seven closes and we were able to plow through it quickly because like a battle like an ideal battle it is short and swift so <laughs> whether it's an inner battle or an outer battle inner struggle or an outer battle that's how we if if there has to be a battle this is how we like it it should be quick you know and so there is also a kind of a note here uh, that you know the battle means what there are two pakshas at least two sides will be there and one will be dharmic and the other one will be adharmic invariably right invariably wrong that's what it is there is a conflict between what to do what not to do what is correct what is not correct whether it's an inner conflict or an outer battle this thing is there so if the battle is short and swift that means what you know and since we are talking about everything as bhagavan that means the right side has won you know so the seventh anuvaka is is all about being victorious and being victorious not over one's enemies but over 
inimical situations in life mostly caused by internal enemies so this is all about an inside job of overcoming internal enemies jahi shatrum mahabaho kamarupam durasadam arjuna is told in the at the end of the third chapter and those internal enemies in the form of you know tivra ichha very you know uh, unbridled wants binding desires that pressure you to fulfill them immediately at every cost in at all costs that is what is being talked about so then this brings us to anuvaka number 8 yes and the eighth anuvaka is very interesting complete different completely different from the seventh one and the eighth one we were we are not going to be able to finish quickly you know uh, and uh, we'll have to take our time over it because it has deep symbolism and its themes are as follows the sarvatma katvam is continued that this sarvatma bhava seeing bhagavan as as everything various names and forms will be pointed out but the Uh, the field is both broadening and deepening in terms of the thematics of the eighth anubhaka so in addition to sarvatma bhava bhagavan is everything we also have two other themes running through this anubhaka so the second theme is 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 looking at bhagavan as upasya murti upasya murti means a uh, various forms which are worshipful which are traditionally worshipful like that's why sun will come so many things will come you know aruna yachatam rayacha all these things you know and then always the lord is looked at together with the consort you know shakti so that all that will be see so various forms of the lord that are traditionally worshipful are taken into account and why are we invoking this Uh, you know upasya murti so the lord has upasya murti various forms and names which are what is the purpose of invoking these names and forms you know and that brings us to the third theme of this chapter this this subsection and the third theme is you know the fulfillment of dharmartha kama moksha fulfillment of four purusharthas not just moksha you know so then everybody will want even though people are not interested in moksha they are uh, encouraged to attend the classes on the eighth anubhaka <laughs> this is for everybody so you can't have an excuse i am not into vedanta that's why i am not coming to rudram you know and of course i'm preaching to the choir because everybody who's here <laughs> is interested in vedanta only but if if you know of your friends who say i'm not interested in vedanta because i want to make money you invite them to the lectures on the eighth anubhaka okay because then what happens is that you know they they will understand that this is not only for moksha but also for dharma artha and kama so artha kama pursuits are discussed very very uh, you know uh, prominently here in the eighth anubhaka that's why the eighth anubhaka is very much uh, uh, you know very much revered so much so that in certain parts of south india specifically in andhra andhra pradesh and karnataka before chanting this anubhaka we will say hara hara you know and why do we say hara 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 means take away take away and take away take away what this artha kama <laughs> even though i am praying for it i'm still the mumukshu i'm a jignasu so right from the beginning i'm saying hara hara take that away so we will never chant namasoma gacha rudra no. we'll always say hara hara namasoma gacha rudra gacha that is a very nice practice to have you know very nice practice to have so if you say hara hara yes i have prayed for it shameless i am but nonetheless <laughs> nonetheless i'm really interested i did pray for all my desires to be fulfilled but really i'm interested in moksha so you know that that's what the whole thing is so it's like you know having uh, what is that you know chocolate cake and salad side by side on the on the thing and you, and then you know that you you know you, you know this salad is good for you salad is moksha here, okay 
and Indra here is not the king of heaven in this chant. Indra here is what? Indra is Bhagavan. And so Bhagavan, Maya Bhihi, along with the help of many Shaktis of Maya, many Mayas, Pururupam. Uh, Pururupam is takes on many forms along with this Shakti. Like Ardhan Arishwara, we see this, you know, half female and half male in one conjoined deity. You know, after the class, I'll, I'll stop for questions, wait. So then, you know, uh, so that, that is that is why the whole thing is, is very worshipful here. And then, Namaha, so Maya, meaning I invoke you, O Lord, along with your capacity to unveil this veiling power. Who is this veiling power? Maya. And who comes, who is the one who helps me to come out of the veiling power? Bhagavan along with Maya Shakti in the form of all knowledge. So the veiling power is also Bhagavan and the ability to come out of it is also Bhagavan. So it starts on a very auspicious note, Uma, because, you know, immediately we are thinking of Moksha Purushartha. We start with Moksha, you know, and that's a good place to start, you know. So, uh, before the chocolate cake, you, you pay homage to the salad and, uh, you know, you know, Uma, Umaya Sahavartate. Uma also is very, it's a very auspicious name for the Lord, Uma, Bhagavati, Goddess, because the the Uma is made up of three syllables, U, Ma and A. What does it remind you of? Om. Om. Yes. Om backwards perhaps. I don't know. But not backwards, but in a slightly jumbled form, different form. But the same word, uh, syllables. A, U, Ma. And so, U, Ma, A. That is what it is. Uma. You know? So, uh, in the in the Shastra, the word Om is loaded, is deliberately loaded with a lot of things to signify the universe, the creator of the universe and the one who is looking at the universe, namely oneself as, as all one. And so, so there is Nirguna, Saguna, Katastha Lakshana, Swarupa Lakshana, all these things are included. Chidananda is Om and then Bhagavan with name and form Om and then uh, you know you the one who is saying Om Om everything is included and so this Om is, is, is the most holy syllable A stands for Vekar Vekar is who? Me you can say I am the Vekar you can only say that if you are awake. So you cannot say that in the class. Okay? Yeah. So who is this I? Me, the one who is waking. And so when you wake up in the morning or in the middle of Vedanta class, what happens? <laughs> you know what happens? Because suddenly everybody laughed and you you were fast asleep and you said, got disturbed. What happened here? Laughing. Oh, I'm still in class. Okay, yeah. You know. So when you wake up, then what happens? Along with you, the world wakes up as well. Because is the Jagat existent? This is a very interesting question. Is the Jagat existent without you, the conscious being, saying that the Jagat is existent? Because now we are very much into Zen territory. Does the redwood tree falling in the forest makes a sound, you know? So from the standpoint of physics, of course it will make a sound because it will make a crashing sound because it doesn't, it will, you know, who are you to say whether, you know, or you should be there for, for that sound to be made. Of course it will make a sound. But then we can come into another very interesting question. Is the sound a sound without a pair of ears to call it a sound? If there is no ears, is the sound a sound? You know? And then you need a sounding board to think about this. Because you don't know what to say. Is the sound a sound if it is not heard? Is an unheard sound, can it be called a sound? 
it cannot be called a sound so it really is the sound is a sound because you know there is a pair of ears so this it's a kind of a relational thing and so to hear you know the waker upper the one who wakes up along with the one who wakes up there is a waking world to relate to and what is this waking world the world was also sleeping yes in pralaya the world was sleeping jiva was sleeping so jiva was in laya world was in jagat was in laya ishvara you can't say was sleeping ishvara was as a, you know as a possibility maya latent possibility ishvara alukta drik awake but not actively creating ishvara in repose so now what happened the clamoring of the jivas create this created this universe so to speak and the jivas wanted a playing ground to play out all their karmas you know to bash up somebody and then to be bashed up because karma phala you know yeah in 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 return and so they need a world for all these things to keep on happening and then you know that's why there is always you know what is that uh, men and women and all these things so women means what you know will all be all the, these complaints oh there is so much domination you not allowed to do this not allowed to do that all these things and then you know and then they pray to bhagavan next life i want to be not this i want to have a life that is properly full of power and everything that has to that's what bhagavan says you know and the men perhaps also pray they are there having such a good time who oh, the women yeah they go shopping all the time and, yeah this is what it is you know and uh, i'm just a credit card life size credit card and this is what they think even the women are working they think that you know and i also want to take it easy i also want to wear dresses and have fun tathastu <laughs> next life it is just switched it's very easy bhagwan does it you know take a lot of tension and stress yeah, that's when the person who is born rich says i'm sick of all this you know what is this life i i just you know i'm not having any mental peace i want mental peace tathastu and the one who has no not even two pennies to rub together says i'm not going to put up with this next life you better give, make me bill gates but how so so that's why the jagat is there so all these various dualities can have a playing ground to play themselves out and then you know and then so in this manifest universe the manifest universe now we are being told in this uh, you know and in this word uma itself we see the manifest universe is not to be any longer called manifest universe it is the manifesting universe so even now new new things are being discovered suddenly where was this bacteria you know where was this bacterium which was there where was this virus it was there but in a latent form this ebola zika how many things suddenly it was there in a latent form it came into manifestation and we say all of a sudden because we don't know any better but it was not all of a sudden what is it it is it is part of this manifesting universe it is not the manifest universe it's the manifesting universe so this is the a in a u and u and u is you know so then in other words a means what the waker relating to the waking world the manifesting universe so you cannot count the waker without the manifesting universe because the waker the individual waker is part of the manifesting universe so the two are together and the manifesting universe cannot stay without ishvara for even a second and the waker also is a status superimposed upon the atma alone so the waker is also ishvara manifesting universe ishvara this is how we have to see it in so the word a uh, the, the the syllable a uh, includes the waker and the waking world who is the dreamer and the dream world 
same thing the dreamer is not dreaming in a vacuum the material the raw material for the dream world comes from the manifesting universe itself because the dream is nothing but memory and desire these are the things in the dream world so then the dream world and mm is the sleeper the sleeper means it's uh, it has samashti samashti means on the on the uh, side of what is that called samashti collective and there is a collective correlation of the sleeper to a world in repose pralaya laya so the, the eight hours of sleep or whatever you get is equal to ishvara in repose the world you know where there is no activity and the dreaming world is hiranyakalpa you know shakti to create and you know and the ma is what the laya that is the thing the ma is laya sleep day sleeper and along with sleeping world so and in the re rearrangement of a u and m as uma the goddess so what do you have first dreamer dreamer is what hiranyakalpa projector that is why she is the shakti she is the creatrix she is creating you know and then the creation is followed by what withdrawal you know laya and that you know and then who is the one who is watching the withdrawal and the laya a here the waker and the waking world that is very beautiful so this is this is what is soma and unto this this bhagavan who is everything who is in the form of omkara namaha my surrender and then of course rudra this is also on a very good note it starts because soma when you invoke it is moksha purushartha may i become one with everything that is being talked about here and just like you are one with uma may i be one with you and then rudra rudra we have already seen you know the one who removes the pain of samsara is rudra the one who gives karma phala is rudra also and that aspect of rudra was invoked in the earlier anuvakas don't come near me direct your arrows elsewhere so many people are there why are you not giving them karma phala why me you know <laughs> we saw all that in the first two three anuvakas this was the theme but now here when you invoke rudra and along with soma that means you are invoking that aspect of rudra rudanam dravayati that is the vyutpatti the derivation rudanam dravayati the one that makes all crying and sorrow run away is rudra and then what was the other one sarvan rodayati you know hanki bhagavan so this is why i call rudra hanki bhagavan first he makes everyone cry sarvan rodayati by giving karma phala and then rudanam dravayati makes the uh, tears the flow of the stops the to- flow of the tears first makes them cry and then you know like the uh, first the mother uh, will scold the child why did you do this is terrible you know no treat for you and then the child cries and the mother puts it on the lap and wipes away the tears okay okay all right <laughs> fine you know don't do it next time so this is what the whole thing is but here the that can also be taken on a relative way rudanam dravayati by what giving me a lollipop in life but here since it comes with in this in this anuvaka talking about the purusharthas we start off on a good note we start off on moksha purushartha and what is that rudanam dravayati here means samsarasya samharakarta the one who makes samsara go up in smoke what is samsara trist conflict kali kali means conflict that's why it is kali yuga full of conflict conflict fear and uh, you know wars all these things this is samsara i don't get what i want samsara i always get things but i don't want what i get that is also samsara <laughs> i don't get what i want part a of samsara it's like medicare it has part b also <laughs> and part b of samsara is i don't want 
what I get, what I got, I don't want. Would you like it? And why if you also you don't want it, why will the other person want it? Nobody wants it, you know. So this is what it is. And so uh, how to how to come out of that and all that? Rudra only has to, you know, we have to do Saranagati to Rudra, Rudra Bhagavan, and then what else? Yeah. Namastamra Yacha Aruna Yacha. This is a contemplative verse uh, and uh, you know contemplative words actually because Tamra is copper, Aruna is little sun. yellow, sun, but little, little more yellow than orange is Aruna. So copper means what really that baby rising sun which makes the whole you know sky look like a sannyasi okay yeah <laughs> and then after that a slightly more yellow sun comes out that is aruna and so from tamra to aruna there is that is what is called dawn right and that is the most worshipful time that is what is called brahma muhurta just before that before that you purify you pray and then you see this sun coming out and then you know you it becomes a immediate meditation or contemplation of the rise of clarity and knowledge within oneself. And there is a time of quietude and then, you know, so this is very, very worshipful. There are some other uh, very, uh, what is that, deep symbolisms in Tamra and Aruna for which we do not have time today and I don't want to start something which will be forgotten by the time I come again and I have to repeat anyway. So we will take it up next time. Whenever that is. Om Purnamada,